Welcome to Return to Oz Minute, where we're analyzing the 1985 Disney film Return to Oz, one sneaky plan minute at a time. I'm Tierney Steele. And I'm Mike Carlucci. And this week, we have a very special guest from uh, all over time, Nick Jimenez. Yeah, Nick Jimenez and the Wheelers, I guess, it would be appropriate today. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Nick. So, um, No, thank you so much for having me. Where are you from? What's your deal? <laughs> Uh, I am from the recently finished uh, Back to the Future Minute and uh, the host of the upcoming uh, Cornetto Minute, where uh, my my better half, Scott Corelli, and I are going to be reviewing the Edgar Wright Cornetto trilogy one minute at a time, Okay. starting okay, with Shaun of the Dead. Catch you between projects. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm really yeah. glad you explained that, because when that was yeah, it's weird. Out, I was like, cool? I, I guess I don't know what that means. <laughs> and then you were like, starting with Shot of the Dead. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, it yeah, it's a good it's a good um it's obscure to a lot of people just that fray, like the Cornetto trilogy. Some people call it the three flavors trilogy, but when you say Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and The World's End, like then everyone's like, oh yeah, those three movies that are like kind of connected, you know, like it's a very okay, loose you're trilogy. On a sequel, and I am using air quotes um, with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. Well, like Oz, Oz is has such a fascinating cinema canon uh, in, in and of itself, which I, I'm sure you guys have been talking about God. this whole journey. All the movies involving the land of Oz, I feel like are completely different. Yeah, you know, it's a little unfortunate. I feel like um, Oz fans don't really have their like Lord of the Rings, like their definitive, like this is actually what is representative of like the, the elf. L, is it L. L. Frank Baum or Frank yeah. L. Baum? L. Frank. L. Frank. Yeah. Okay. I'm so sorry for not knowing that. And um, oh, no yeah, worries. like I mean, I'm not a I'm not an Oz expert, but I actually I have read a couple of the books when I was a kid, and yeah, like th this is actually closer than most to that kind of that little that yeah. the kind of humor and yeah. and this style is to way it, closer the to had. the books, but because uh, Judy Garland got there first. People think this is the weird one. <laughs> it's like, well, right. actually. Um, no, uh, mm -hmm. I'm actually really glad you asked that question because I can't believe I haven't yet come up with a conspiracy theory that L. Frank Baum is actually Lisa Frank. When I had to think it through, I was like, L. Frank? Oh, nice. Why does that sound so familiar? <laughs> um, so I will work on that because... Yeah, she didn't want to coast, coast by on her family um, name. <laughs> well... I guess uh, I should actually get us into today's minute, which is minute 53. It starts with Dorothy winding up TikTok's action, and it ends with Jack taking down a moose head up in the tower. So you've got several things going on in this minute. Uh, I hope we didn't just drop you straight into the movie. Do you, do you know what's going on? Woo! Oh, yeah, yeah. They're heading up the stairs. They're in Queen Mumby's... Um palace would you say a chamber uh <laughs> level i don't know it's 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 a little yeah, yeah. but um to have get something that, design yeah yeah it's yeah. hard to place we, we get something that is one of my favorite things to see in a movie which is puppets <laughs> widescreen moving like puppets moving in widescreen my favorite i know this isn't a puppet but like one of my favorite things about force awakens is that shot where Ray and BB-8 are walking down yeah. the stairs in Maz Kanata's hideout, 
and you just have to see BB-8 roll down each individual so stair. Enjoy a practical effect, huh? <laughs> it's. It, I love. I love. I love practical. If I have a great love for digital artistry and like motion capture and all of that, but I, 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 I do have a special place in my heart for for oh, things like TikTok love, and so- Jack. Dorothy winds up TikTok's action. He is back in play after being frozen in the chamber. I am so annoyed that we still don't mm-hmm. know her plan because she said she was going to tell him the plan, and what she tells him is go with Jack. Yeah, <laughs> that's that, that, that's as much as he's allowed to know. Because when we are heading back, she sends them upstairs together, and Jack is, says, uh, "So do you get the plan? Like, do you understand what we're going to do?" And TikTok responds, I understand better than you do. <laughs> oh my God. But I just love <laughs> Which this could be true. me so much of like the worst fears everyone has introducing two friends that have never met before. <laughs> like this is that conversation. Yeah. Why is he calling Dorothy, me mom? I left you alone for like two hours. Who is this weirdo? <laughs> you, have a, you have a weird pumpkin kid. You know, it, it, it's really cool how Jack and TikTok are like, I really like how how this movie remixes the iconography of Wizard of Oz. Like he, she meets the kind of tin uh, tin man proxy first, and the scarecrow second. Like I, I don't know, like just little things like that. I, I think yeah, are cool. They both look great. You're right. Watching them go up these stairs is pretty fantastic. I'm a little surprised that TikTok let Dorothy go off on her own, since he's Mister Protective. Yeah. Hmm. They have an interesting relationship. Like, it's not, it's like kind of protective, but like on both ends. Cause he's, I mean, for being the, the, the muscle or the tank of this party, he's, he's very vulnerable in that it's very easy for him to just like need reviving. He's, he's he wouldn't be very handy in like Overwatch. <laughs> no. Um, Mike, what do you think of this scene? Because this is the first time they're meeting each other. He he's kind of like checking Jack out as she winds him up. Oh yeah, yeah, and, it, and it's it's interesting because we we know that TikTok knows the Scarecrow, so he's marginally you know he's more than marginally he's intimately aware that Oz contains creatures that are assemblages, yeah. and you know what <laughs> he's no yeah. he's no spring chicken. Yeah, uh, so. You know, for him, he's got to be thinking, oh, another one of these guys, you know, they built me. Like, I'm, I'm a machine. I'm not alive. But in Oz, you know, the former ruler until this, uh, the events right before this movie uh, was another just, like, just a thing that became, <laughs> became alive. So, you know, TikTok, TikTok just rolls with it. And, you know, maybe, maybe he's got a little bit of uh you know, superiority saying, I think I understand it better than you. I, I'm yet perfectly built to last a thousand years. You're a pumpkin <laughs> that came to life last week. One of the really great things about TikTok, I, I, I really enjoy how proud he is about his yeah. lifelessness. Like he is not the like self-loathing, like as existential robot that's so popular in fiction. He's just like, yeah, no, I'm glad I don't have to deal with any of that like crap that you guys have. That, that way. Um, yeah, he many times is like, yeah, this <laughs> yeah. is going to work out great for me. Actually, he and uh, K2SO would probably get along really well. Just like, yeah, this is going to be great. Not me. Absolutely. I'll be fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so they head upstairs and Dorothy heads into Mombi's bedchamber. We get one more. So 
Uh, once again, and I'm gonna keep doing it every minute we see it, shout out to them filming in this room that is literally full of mirrors and they do a really good job. And this time they actually managed to use the mirror door so that you can watch Dorothy walk into the bedroom. Yeah, it's, it's a really so polished shot. Perfectly. Mm-hmm. And it really doesn't call attention to itself. Yeah, because like, I, I didn't even like think anything of it. I was just like, oh, like they managed to not catch the camera in the mirrors again. Good job. And then I was rewatching it. I'm like, they did that on purpose so you can see her. Yeah, you know, like one of the benefits of of you know, as I'm kind of fortunately starting to be on like film sets more, I I start to learn that that, that really is just like the the secret sauce of just solid movie making is just like the work of knowing where to point the camera and like knowing what light does knowing what like what reflections do and it's i don't know it, it it's just kind of a sign of just pure craftsmanship i think in a movie like this uh, worst transition ever speaking of pure craftsmanship this is the fakest looking key i've ever seen in my life <laughs> yeah yeah, it's 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 interesting. It it kind of looks like something that uh your sister would get in like a Disney princess like playset. Like it almost kind of looks like Alice in Wonderlandy, <laughs> I think. Hey, she's ironically. Come up before. It's okay. Um yeah, this is your first shot. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Sleeping Mombi. Um Oh man, I love sleeping Mombi. It's such a it it's it's it actually is like something that you would have a nightmare about. Like there is a, a woman that you can hear snoring and you just the snoring doesn't sound right, but you can't see her like that is like literally well, sounds like a nightmare that I've stay had. Stay brave. Stay with us. Uh, yeah, the, uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I wish I were a girlier girl who could comment on her manicure. I don't know. I think those look scary, but I'm sure they're very well done. Uh, I'm very confused why she has like sequins on her nightgown. Yeah, I'm sleeve, sure that's the point. Apparently. Yeah, it's just yeah. she's never she's never off the clock. <laughs> she's um, always repping that, that but look. I didn't dwell on that long because we cut back to the tower area where TikTok and Jack have and Balloon is helping them are building something. Yes, it's a it's 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 a very cool like setup to like a, a reveal of what they're doing i and i i just really i think the movie is at its strongest when all of these three weirdos are like doing <laughs> something together building up a blanket forever <laughs> and we're about to get exactly yeah yeah you do really do get the sense of like children at play i really like their dialogue i i almost can imagine in storybooks sometimes there would be like an illustration and then underneath it would be a quote like over here said rabbit or like I do hope this works, said Wendy, or something like that, you know? And all of their dialogue just seems like a quotation in a chapter book. I like that even Belina's pitching in. <laughs> oh, I love Belina. I think that is, I think she's such a cool character. I, 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 I guess she's kind of like the proxy Toto, and I think making her talk is like a cool way to make it different rather than just like. A I, I still stand by my, I love the theory that. <laughs> Toto could have talked. He, uh, she just, he just chose not to. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Toto in OG Wizard of Oz always seemed like kind of not into the adventure. He Did you ever get that feeling? To go home, trying to do what he needed to do to get it done. Yeah, like as a dog. <laughs> yeah, he was like, "Come on, guys, let's keep going." Like he was not a lot of happy looks. Oh well. He just didn't have much to do. That's very true. He was like, "I, you're not really." Yeah. None Until the are, day he saves everyone, literally. But he, other than that, yeah. 
Yeah. He's like R2-D2. Um, oh, I don't think we've done Toto as R2-D2 yet, have we, Mike? I know Belina has come up. TikTok has come up. Sorry. We make a yeah. lot of Star Wars references on this show. Sometimes it's hard to keep them straight. Um, oh, how yeah. can you not? But yeah, I just... As soon as I started watching them, we were like, get that, put this over here, get that thing down. I was like, oh my God, like, I just need to go hang out with my cousins and like make something now. <laughs> That's exactly what you do. Mm-hmm. You start pushing furniture together and seeing what else is around. And <laughs> yeah. 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 The tallest one grabs something that's hanging. Yeah. yeah, it's hard to be the tallest one. <laughs> no, back to the... I uh, was... Oh no, go on. I was I, I I was the tallest one until middle school, and then everyone caught up with me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> just back to the uh, TikTok Jack relationship for a second. Uh, we mm-hmm. one of the the running themes we've had in the so we we have version seven of the script, uh, which is which predates the actual shooting shooting script, but just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the things we've noticed is Belina gets a lot of you know quick quick lines in that weren't weren't in the script so at some point yeah they really fleshed out Belina's speech but here uh TikTok actually gets one the conversation like they have no conversation in um while they're walking up the stairs in this version of the script Dorothy yeah they just make their way up the spiral staircase (laughs) that's very realistic (laughs) they're just not talking to each other I guess that would they originally they were just like okay we'll have them walk up the stairs for a few seconds in silence not looking at each other and then uh, maybe because they were giving so many great punched up lines to Belina they they were like okay let's let TikTok take a shot at Jack (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) I I, again it's a good change good change (laughs) yeah yeah well because that's an essential part of the books like there are so many sarcastic and witty remarks. Like they're the, the books have nothing in common with the tone of the Judy Garland movie. But sure, yeah. It's it's this sort of you know a, a wisecracking chicken fits in perfectly. Mm-hmm. Or like kind of like a snooty robot. Yeah. That like needs you need to turn him every few minutes. Yeah, like there is kind of like a there, there was sort of like an American witticism and like uh quaintness like a folksy humor to the oz books that i think i think this movie is is really valiantly trying to recapture um the, you know d- despite it kind of ultimately not playing in its favor commercially at the time i think it's super honorable that it 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 it, it tried to recapture that feeling yeah and the other the other oz properties that have come along um there's the one from just a few years ago the oh, everyone is escaping um, the Mila Kunis, Kunis one. Oh yeah, Oz the Great and Powerful. Yes, that one. Okay, okay, okay. Yes, mm-hmm, by Sam Raimi. Yeah, that one. That one, you know, is different in a lot of ways. Uh, there was a mini series uh, on TNT a few years back. Oh yeah, the Tin Man. I don't think I ever saw that. And it was, I mean, it was darker mm-hmm. and and more more gritty, but it was a completely different sort of take. It was a more of a reimagining. Right, kind of like a steampunk oh, thing. Oh no wonder from what, you saw from it. what I gathered. <laughs> yeah, with a and without, <laughs> obviously, it was a little steampunk. Uh, but the story wasn't from the books; it was just sort of a story using the Oz, yeah. the Oz characters. And this this is really the only one that that went in that direction. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I would be interested to see in like if another ten 
hopefully even less years if someone really did try to do like a, a proper Balmian Oz adaptation. It would be interesting. I wonder if it's just that The Wizard of Oz is so iconic. Like, would anyone remake The Wizard of Oz? That's true. Yeah. No, yeah, but it would have to be kind of like maybe like going in and finding another Oz story that maybe isn't as well trodden but does have like cinematic potential. I I I I, I wish I could. I wish I was a a reader of the books the way I was like with Narnia and Harry Potter, but like I I don't know. I just never yeah, I just I never read, read them all the same way that I did those. I read The Wizard of Oz a few times when I was younger. I haven't read it in years. And then I read at least one of the sequels and I think more. Um at least picked them up and started them. But it didn't you're right. It didn't stick the way Narnia did. And Harry Potter came along later in my life, but I'm trying to think like when I was 8, 9, 10 years old cuz I yeah. Right. Like like even the way even the way you would go back to like I go I went back to the BFG and Matilda like again and again. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember ever doing the same with with Baum's books, which is unfortunate because I'm sure they're I mean I um, I, I have to assume they're classics do, for actually, a reason. Actually, I'm thinking and it was right around the same time because The Wizard of Oz has the book has so much more in it than the movie. Um and I I didn't really think sure. of connecting this movie with the book, if that makes sense. I was like, that's just a totally different thing, doing its own thing. Um, But I do remember kind of feeling the same way of, I know I read, but never got into the books of Mary Poppins for the same reason, where it was just in my brain, Mm -hmm. that's not what this world was. Even though it it was, like, that's what they wrote. But it just was like, I don't know. This doesn't seem to fit. Yeah. Were you a fan of uh, of Saving Mr. Banks it. from a couple years ago? Oh, I love it. I think it's super underrated. And it's it's very much about uh, P.L. Travers's like, contention with Walt Disney and about how she was, you know, the movie was becoming, like, kind of very much like Wizard of Oz, a very cheery, like, musical comedy adventure that is a classic and i've seen both i mean i love wizard of oz i yeah. love mary poppins but it is a different thing and that is worth saying i i do in respect see to the it, authors. uh if only because it was jason schwartzman's one of the sherman brothers and i i was like i i oh, saw the sherman that brothers clip, are great. like when they were yeah. doing the trailers and stuff and i was like well that looks delightful <laughs> i love the sherman brothers i was such yeah. a junkie yeah. for their era disney era basically Oh, me too. There's a great double album on Spotify with like just a bunch of their songs for Disney so that I, I go back to a lot. Um, yeah, I think. Yeah. It, and it's weird because as you're we saying, this is a lot more like the books, but I think because it it mashed two sequels together, it combined characters, it kind of pulled and rearranged as it needed to. This always felt very much like it's Oh, sure, own sure, thing yeah. In a way that the Wizard of Oz didn't. Yeah. It's it's unfortunately at the time you can imagine it being received kind of the same way that the Dark Tower just was, where it, it almost seems like a movie for no one, uh, at least at first. I mean, and then you know this of course found its audience, and who knows? I, mean, I haven't seen the Dark Tower, but where it, it is kind of neither a prequel nor a sequel yeah. nor a straight adaptation, you know, where it's just kind of like a remix yeah. of yeah. And and from what I understand, at the time when Oz came out, like audiences kind of didn't know uh. how to. Yeah, receive it. Mike, I really wish you could remember exactly what your parents' reaction was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But it, yeah, it, it was a bold it was a bold move on Disney's part. 
And looking back, it feels like a Disney way to do it because they decided, okay, the books are now in the public domain. They didn't just make, you know, start making a series of, of Oz movies from the books. They kind of rolled it into their own Oz world and you know, in another in another world, this is successful. And now they have a whole new set of their own sort of Oz IP that they can just roll with. And the books are there for reference, but they don't need to to do the stories. You know, yeah, it it it's very much like I don't know. I I I'm a big fan of movies that quote fail for for the right reasons. Like you know, you look at a movie like Cloud Atlas. Like that's a movie that failed because it was trying to do too much and trying to be too big. And and even though it's not a perfect movie, I will go to bat for movies like those. And this is kind of the same thing where I really admire them making something that was this dark and this weird and almost aggressively not what audiences think of when they think of Oz. I mean, like the Tin Man and the Lion don't show up until like the third act of the movie. They're practically cameos. (laughs) Actually, no, both of them. You're right. They are Mm -hmm. essentially glorified cameos at the end there. Yeah. And like and, and, and not to go too far off minute but you know like the fact that the villain of the movie is the one that delivers mm. the iconic line there's no place like home like that's a very like oh like that that, that that's a provocative well, thing in a kids movie very much of the dark disney ages which i know dame has defined slightly differently yes, but which I'm yeah a, this I'm mid 80s f- when they weren't sure if the studio was gonna survive okay. they came out with some great mm-hmm. stuff like <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm a I'm a huge fan of like the Black Cauldron, um, the Great Mouse Detective, yeah. I, uh, Tron. You know, like I I I think there's a lot of hidden treasures in that period. There's, there was a lot of good stuff, and lucky for us, we got to grow up with it because Disney didn't know what else to do with it, so they would throw it on TV in the middle of the day in the summer. <laughs> yeah. You know, it kind of makes sense that we're all watching like things like Rick and Morty now that we're in our twenties <laughs> and thirties and on going on. You know, like if this was the stuff that we were like, oh, this makes sense. Uh, this dark, twisted world. Um, we need like a really in-depth Atlantic piece. I feel like psychoanalyzing our generation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> why we're like this. An avocado toast is delicious. <laughs> um, yes. Well, there was the uh, the tweet saying that. <gasps> yes. You shouldn't use millennials, yes! but call them the DuckTales generation. Yeah, so... And that's... Oh, interesting. I mean, that's that's way more upbeat than this, but it's, you know, it's it's taking a, you know, a, a handful of old characters, putting them in a completely different situation. Mm-hmm. You know, Donald is only barely there. You didn't really know his nephews. And now they're the star with Scrooge. Like, Someone's excited for DuckTales. Oh, just, that's right. Yeah, it was... I love it. It's yeah. really good. It's on YouTube, the pilot. I, I, it was so great. The show wasn't starting right away. And so the next day I was like in my pajamas Saturday morning and I was like, wait, why, why isn't there DuckTales on the DVR? And it had to be explained to me like, there's going to be a new episode for months. Like, <laughs> why? <laughs> I was so betrayed. I guess just to like, man, every time I go on YouTube, every time I go on YouTube, there's like five more video essays about like easter eggs and like who's their dad it, it really seems to have captured the the nerd zeitgeist i, in a love, really I think cool that way. was out of hungary that that's when it was on so that's why the ducktales generation 
I had, I had latched on for a while Definitely, to the Oregon yeah. Trail generation, but that's a subset of millennial. <laughs> <laughs> to, to be honest, I've actually, I think I've said this on Back to the Future, but I'm actually kind of a fan of the word millennial. <laughs> it makes me feel like a Jack Kirby character. Like we were the millennials and we, we ended industries and we created blogs and so (laughs) i'm seven years apart from my sister she's younger than me which is why i reference things like blues clues and nick jr and mike looks at me like i'm crazy i assume through the microphone um (laughs) yeah it it always weirded me out that we were of the same generation because on the one hand of course we are and on the other hand she learned to do c plus plus when she was like 11 for fun and she, you know, had the computer in mm-hmm. her room. It wasn't hooked up yeah. to the internet, but she had a computer in her room from the time she was three years old. Like, we do not feel like the same generation. <laughs> yeah, my my <laughs> my co-host Scott and I always have a good bit of fun in the fact that we are technically both considered millennials because we are just at, at kind of, uh, you know, he, he's, he's a couple years older than me, but... He's. I consider him to be much more of an adult than I am, so I, I think it's funny that we're we're both technically millennials. I, I really I loved the essay that came up with the Oregon Trail generation because I was like that felt right. It's like yeah, that's what I grew up with, and then it's yeah, so cheesy, yeah. and I'm kind of embarrassed to say it, but whatever. Here you go, internet. Um, the lyrics to I Generation by MC Lars are kind oh, of perfect. Yeah, that was a really. <laughs> Bit, that, was a, that was a really big album for me, like I mean, my sophomore I, year of I high school. I still have that on my iPod and it plays all the time. But I used to make fun. I remember when blogs first started, I made fun of it so bad. And because of the line, like, we sat mm-hmm. on our laptops, laptops and typed away and found that we each had something to say. And I was like, this is crap. And I have a blog now. So, I mean, <laughs> and multiple podcasts. I mean, it's just, <laughs> oh yeah. here you go, internet. <laughs> Yeah, I, I spent a few. I spent a few afternoons trying to get my friends oh. into MC Lars. Like I would play them like the Ahab song. Oh. I was like, "You don't get the way this is great." Like, come on. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's wonderful. It's, but yeah, that those are the yeah. two that I kind of go to. Of like, do you want to know when I grew up? Like, here you go. <laughs> but I have all these later references from hanging out with <laughs> yeah. the kiddo that I'm just like, yeah, let's talk about Nicktoons. This is great, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the cool part about have, I mean, I'm lucky enough to have uh, to have a couple of nephews, and now I kind of get like a sneak preview or a kind of a, a glimpse into a, what it is a, a bit like to grow up right now and have like I, YouTube and I know I'm shaking my head. New, duck, new Ducktales, duck yes, I'm down <laughs> for New Ducktales. I just remember when the, like the Emoji Movie trailer came out, and I was just like, I'm so glad I don't have a kid. Because I'll never have to see that. <laughs> oh, me too. Yeah, I was uh, I was walking out of like the arc light one day, and I think I can't remember. I think I had gone to see like a ghost story or something super hipstery like that, and I was I was walking past like a mom with like four kids around her. God bless her. And you know the the, the ticket taker was like, all right, emoji movie, you know, screen number six, oh, no. and she and I locked eyes. And just like the, just an ocean of like, I have a, a, she had a hard road ahead. Oh man. Yeah. I think if I was was CEO of Groupon, I would do like a bad kids movie deal. Cause like, like that mom dropped 
no way that mom didn't drop mm-hmm. like around like sixty five, seventy dollars, you know, for four kids at the ArcLight in Los Angeles. Like that's mm-hmm. that's an ex- and the freaking emoji movie. Like she she deserves like a like a forty dollar like kickback. I think she should get any movie that's like not on Netflix streaming that she wants. She can download one night. <laughs> Like, <laughs> oh yeah, like yeah, you get a voucher. You get a voucher, yeah, like you yeah. can watch any like indie movie or romance movie you want. Because let's face Growing it, up, if you yeah. have four kids, you probably on your night out don't want to like have to go or do anything. But I could see that, like that would be. Cool. Oh no, no, yeah, you just want to lay um, in your bed. It's kind of become a running gag. Any movie that I think of off the top of my head will not be on Netflix streaming. So you work out some like backdoor deal of that. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> you know it exists somewhere. <laughs> I love That'd that. That'd be great. Yeah, that's um, what happen. We, I've completely derailed, which is totally normal for the show, but does anyone have anything else for this minute? Okay. I'm good if you guys are good. Uh, the only thing, at now watching this movie as an adult, post-Lord of the Rings, uh, where Jack pulls the, uh, as described in the script, no. a furry camel's head uh, <laughs> out, looks, uh, now it just always reminds me of the door into Moria. The scroll work looks kind of like the the runes yeah. over "Speak, friend, and uh, enter." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Look at that. It's carved. I don't know why, but watching it a minute at a time and looking at looking at it closely, now I'm like, oh yeah, that's uh, <laughs> it's kind of a nice doorway, except it's yeah. just a just an arch. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that is right. that is all I have. I want to move us along purely so that it can be tomorrow so that we can see more of what they're building because it gets even better um i'll let you guys fight it out for who wants to do plugs first though because it is monday so to let people know where to find us oh go ahead okay so if you've enjoyed listening to this show uh we're at return to osminute.com at osminute on twitter and facebook uh, and our facebook group is Osminute if you like typing it into, you know, in a URL. Or you can find it at the uh, Return to Osminute Listener's Flying Sofa, which we're putting two sofas together this minute, so I don't know if that's relevant. This whole podcast is one big spoiler. (laughs) But if you want to listen to other podcasts... Moviesbyminutes.com, which would include Nick's podcasts, or at least some of them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Cornetto Minute is uh, coming soon. Uh, we're going to be starting by talking about Spaced, the Edgar Wright series that came before Shaun of the Dead. And um, yeah, so the, the Spaced episode should be coming out soon if they're not already there. And uh, if not, there's so many other podcasts available at our website at duelinggenre.com, including Geek by Night and Immunities, which are audio dramas. Uh, with actors and music and awesome uh, work put into them, and then a whole bunch of minute movies <laughs> podcasts that'll probably brag about it. all yeah. week. Any any crossovers, feel free to drop them in. I do that constantly. Um, but speaking of excellent music, Definitely. I have a note for tomorrow about excellent music. So come back tomorrow and join us. Uh, Boom. We close out every episode by saying the magic words. So. Mike and I will start us off with Weog and Tiog. And if you would like to join us on the last word, which is Piog. All right. Well, let's see. Piog. We can do it. We can do this. I have faith in us. <laughs> Weog. All right. Piog. 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 Piog.